I swear, I cook, I swear, I cook, I swear, I cook, I swear, I cook, I chef, 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 I swear, I swear, I swear. Recording to you from Studio 212, Seattle, Washington, South Lake Union, uh, Park of Sound Casting Network. This is episode 114 of Grill. How long stick, Mr. Eric? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I am uh, the host of this podcast. Uh, my name is Bobby Stills. Keith, the producer, dropping a deucer. Yo. Uh, uh, Risotto Kid. Yeah, I like that one better. Pasta Prince. Popper of Parmesan. No, they keep getting more names. Uh, he is in I studio. got the Lord of Linguini last time. Ooh, that's a good Lord one. Lord of Linguini. Uh, I've been following that girl. What's that girl's name? Salty Salty in Seattle? Salty Seattle. Yeah, yeah, Linda. Yeah, I met her through a friend a couple years ago, and then I got hip to her. She was in New York cooking on a show, yeah. and my friend had posted it, mm-hmm. and I go, I, I know her, but I had no idea she made such epic fucking yeah, pasta. Yeah, it's the most intricate, crazy, amazing pasta. But that's just weird how kind of this industry is. Is I didn't know she was A, in the industry. I met her years and years ago mm-hmm. through her from my friend Deborah Spencer. And then I go, she's dope. Yeah, she's got she skills. does really cool stuff, man. And she's really nice. I, you know, I've known her for a few years and she's she's great, man. Yeah, I'm very interested. As you can hear, that is not Johnny Toonami. Uh-oh. And he bailed out on us last week like a buster. He, he still, he just was like, I can't come back in. I can't do the show. My lady won't let me. I'm I too, mean, I'm too busy. I can, I, can I substitute teacher for a while? That's a, no, that's a real of question. Course, of course. Um, of yes. course. Okay, cool. We like subs. Cool. Every uh, Monday. <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Done. Easy as that. Three o'clock. So see you next week. Yeah. So there as you, you as you can hear, uh, we have a returning guest, or as a now guest oh. guest ho- guest <laughs> co-host. Gotta practice my radio voice. Uh, <laughs> would you like to introduce yourself, sir? Hi, I'm Eric. Uh, I am the chef owner of Auto and all the other things that we have going on. Lechoncito, Silva, forty plus million things. So yeah, here I am. Here he is. And thanks for having me, guys. Oh, super rad. Thank Dude. you. We really yeah. and we got a lot of good feedback from having you on the show. I thought I was like I wanted to have you back because and Keith wanted to have you back because we kind of we got to know you as a person and a uh, as chef a, as a business person and kind of like you know uh, I hope you don't cringe too much but like you've become a little bit of a public personality as far as you know what you're doing in the industry so not the chef in the hat but the chef with the hair yeah that's it I'm the uh, Puerto Rican Bob Ross <laughs> <laughs> paint you a pretty picture with my food you know it's kind of my thing yeah, I, don't know. So, I, I don't know if that's going to be a good or bad Halloween costume but I'm kind of going to go for it would you be upset if one of your uh, cooks uh, came in dressed as you? I don't care. Or would you be that's like a, that'd flat, be pretty rad. flattered, flattered? No, that'd be pretty cool. I mean, if they want to dress like a three-year-old like I do, fine. <laughs> that's totally fine. I see you in pictures. I didn't believe you when you were telling me you cook in like high tops. Yeah. And then I started noticing whenever I'd see uh-huh. your Instagram videos or whatever, I'm like, let me see his fucking shoes. Yeah. <laughs> sure enough, he I, is. You know why? Um, so I, I think I told you guys this last time. I've twisted my back and I um like I pinched a nerve and I couldn't walk for two days. Holy shit. Yeah. So I I was wearing shitty black 
chef kitchen yeah, shoes, yeah, the ones that everybody has. That, and yeah. I was like, no, I don't want I will never do that again. So I, I was like thinking like we're athletes, man, you know, so why not go towards shoes that athletes wear? And those happen to be like really rad Nikes. I got something to run by you real yeah. quick. This is a, this is a good one. So I've been going to the gym a lot with I'm trying to lose a lot of weight. I've mm-hmm. hurt, I hurt myself. I had back mm-hmm. surgery. I've hurt my ankle. So I gained a bunch of weight. Uh, I've always never been super in shape, but I gained a bunch of weight because I was off my feet. And then when you're in the kitchen, you're on your feet all the time. Yeah. Right. And you're lifting up heavy yeah, shit dude, or you're reaching, you're getting in awkward positions, you know. Yeah. When people do that CrossFit shit, I'm like, I do that every day. I don't pay to go to somewhere else. Like people go, you should go work out after work. And I'm like, I fucking do that all day. Yeah. What am I going to do? It's stupid. So I was talking, I have a personal <laughs> trainer. He's a friend of mine. And I go, and he was talking about asking me about it. You know, people in the kitchen, they don't, they don't ever really train themselves no. for, for those long hours Mm-mm. in the kitchen. And uh, they are lifting a lot of heavy, and they don't know how to properly lift stuff. Yeah. And I was talking to him about, you know, maybe trying to get going to some of the owners of the restaurants and asking for physical fitness yeah. or teaching some weekly classes. <laughs> I think it's a good idea. So do I. I, I think, I think you're getting the longevity of your employees and all around health, <laughs> health benefits of them besides, cause all they do is get off work and go get fucked up and do a bunch of Coke. I have, well, I have a name for you. For your thing, do you even lift, bro? Kali? <laughs> <laughs> See, there's a broccoli joke in there. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, what's interesting is uh, on our our, our our sister show, How to Be a Better Drinker, they actually had a guy in here who does yoga for bartenders, and he developed mm. a yoga program specifically around the stuff that would help improve the quality of their life as they were working. Do you have a yoga that you can do to actually like make you a better drunk or a drinker? It's I'm just called saying. being Irish. Yeah, I don't know. Well, uh, Linda, I'm Dur- just kidding. Linda, Dur- <laughs> Linda Dur- She pays for free yoga classes. I th- want to say twice a week. Uh, has an instructor, and any one of her employees at any of her restaurants yeah. can go two times a week for free yoga. That's dope. So yeah, that's really nice. But I think that's more of a, her personal thing. Sure, she's of course hitting that yoga mat and like. Yeah. I think all of you should experience <laughs> enlightenment. Yeah, I play video games. <laughs> what do you, new Call of Duty? You got that uh, yet? Forza Four Horizon is in, uh, incredible. I'm playing the Destiny. Yeah, Destiny is great. But I got to get on that COD though. I know, dude. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, I'm down. Let, All me, right, let, let me know when you're in. I'm in. All right, let's get into it. So, yeah, like I said before, we had learned a lot about you and your uh, travels through cooking and kind yeah. of where you your history. But we wanted to ask your opinion on a couple of things. You're a very opinionated man. Yeah. In this industry, a lot of people. Kind of, I mean, they. you have a lot of fans. Yeah, I have know. a lot of people that hate me too, and that's okay. It, you're, it's going to come. No, that's know. great. It's I love it. Come. Unless I have a whole line of people. Every time I find out somebody dislikes <laughs> me, I say, sir, I'm not really bothered with you. <laughs> the fucking line starts way back there, yeah. motherfucker. Yeah. There's been people that have hated me for 10 plus years. I you, say let them talk, man. You are new. Let them talk. And some people might not like your opinions. And, that's cool. And uh, I might not even agree with some of them. But I still want to hear your opinion cool. on some of these issues. So first and foremost, stodging. Yeah. I had made a comment about staging um, two weeks ago on the show that a friend of mine had asked me, wanted to give me a job, a sous chef position, and I kindly turned it down. Uh, but I said, hey, you know, I'll come in and I'll, I'll stage with you or sure. whatever um, just for free, just for fun. And he goes, absolutely fucking not. Yeah, I'll, I'll pay you, mm-hmm. you know, if you're going to come down here and work, which you, yeah. you're going to. Of course. But there was something inside of me. And I've talked to some other people about it that actually felt guilty and felt bad about that, mm. about going. And, and I, I, I'm trying to figure out what, why, why a lot of cooks have that mentality. I don't know. I mean, I've Where staged, does that come from? personally, I've staged at places um, uh, for free, but this was 10 years ago. Yeah. 
um, there weren't really laws or people that were kind of talking about it then. So now it's very different. There are laws. There are things that are happening. There are restaurants that are getting sued. There are chefs that are getting sued for not paying people. I don't know, man. It's just still a thing that I see. And it's still a thing I hear and people talking about. I always regard it as if I'm going to go work for free, it better be one of those like top 10, 20 restaurants in the world. And absolutely. Um, it wasn't a thing where I was willing to do it for anything here in Seattle. But so you do agree with it for the right reasons. I, I did, but I don't anymore. Not anymore. You know, that was, again, that was like 10 years ago yeah. when I was still kind of jumping around and, and so you, and so thing. you did it. I did it. I mean, yeah, you, you went and worked at places and was this, this was for long periods of time, so, correct? Mm, some of them were, some of them weren't. I mean, some of them were four to six weeks. Some of them were, you know, a day just to see the flow. And some of them were 10 to, you know, 10 days to about two weeks. Okay. But, you know, it's even when I was like in Chicago, I was still doing it while I was working um, just to see like a different point of view. You know, and it wasn't, oh, I'm trying to get a job here. I just, I just want to see, you know, more curiosity type thing. Well, uh, therein lies the the issue is that when, and I I know tons of people Mm -hmm. that do that, Mm -hmm. that they just want to see. It's the grass is greener theory. Would sure. I like it somewhere else better? Sure. But if somebody has no intention of going and working at mm-hmm. another restaurant and they just mm-hmm. kind of want to pick pick it apart and figure out, see the way they run their kitchen, maybe they can apply it to where they're at yeah. there. I mean, how is that fair to the the employer? I don't know. Um, You're paying somebody to I, steal your... You I know. don't know. I would say this as now having a business of my own and I write the checks and I'm the owner and I don't have to really answer to anybody. I don't let people stage for free. I don't yeah. do staging. I don't do any of that stuff. There's liabilities and laws that come into play you know somebody slips and falls and they're free and nobody has any record of them being an employer's you are fucked that's number one number two is if i need to pay somebody to do something and i can't afford it myself and i can't i'm not gonna bring them in yeah you know what i mean but also i don't want to do the the test car you know you know go into the dealership and drive them around for a little bit and be like i don't really know and it's like you it's not okay well we had also talked about when it comes to staging is yeah who the fuck i don't even remember who we had it here talking about it but they would ha- they would bring you in for a stage and then they would have you do these minuscule minute right. tasks You'd that, take the really, trash really, yeah, that yeah. really didn't even show off in, like any skills whatsoever yeah. and so it, w- it was pretty much free labor i think at the end of the day what i've come down to finding out is it's the the more corporate vibe of how to hire people and less about them and what they have for skills so asking the right questions checking out references, <laughs> looking what well, their resume is. Uh, we were just, know? we were speaking about that before we uh, started recording. You yeah. guys have implemented a new system yeah. for hiring. We ask a thousand more questions yeah. now. It's not just about, okay, cool. So you broke down a fish 10 years ago and that was the kind of fish that you did, you know, oh, it wasn't just you, you know, oh, I, I'm excited about whole animal butchery rather than, oh, you can actually do that. Right. There's a big difference. You know, I read a book once versus I I can do this shit in my sleep. (laughs) You know, oh, here's this new cookbook that's coming out about fermentation. Awesome. I actually know how to do that versus, you know, I just know how to leave shit in my refrigerator until it spoils right. Yeah. You know, and and that's a big difference, too. So, you know, kind of finding out and getting burned a few times of people saying I can do everything and then realizing they can't 
do all of that stuff. Um, I tend to believe people when they tell me things, especially in this industry, because I, I go, well, I know, I know a cook wouldn't bullshit me. Yeah. You know, on, uh, <laughs> you know, I know they wouldn't do this on their on their application. But then now I'm I'm kind of a little bit more like I don't think you can do anything. You're going to need to show me if I hire you. That's a, that's right? a really good way. Of, that's a really good way of looking at it. So have the qualities that you're looking for in someone who comes in to interview changed with the experience of changing the questions you ask? I mean, like, I, are, are you more worried about a person as a person or, or what skills they can bring to the table? I went a little bit more old school. Uh, and this is I don't hire chefs anymore. I hire cooks. So my expectations are zero. And they can show me uh, as they go on the way up. I don't care if they've worked at three star Michelin restaurants or two or, you know, or the right hand man is like any, I don't care. Massimo Batura, they'd known him for their entire life and he taught him how to roll <laughs> pasta. I was like, guess what? I'm not a pasta restaurant, so that's not going to help you here. So it's, it's very different. Now I'm like, everybody starts on the same level and now we're just going to build you up from there. Right. I don't care who it is. That's that's dope though because you're really taking it from scratch and you're yeah. saying, look, we're gonna we're gonna teach you the way we want it done. We're not gonna have Absolutely. these expectations that you're gonna have to bullshit Absolutely. and then go Google shit on your phone Fuck when I'm that. around the corner, dude. No way. And there's even I've done it. there's ways that I we've do, all done it. Yeah, but there's ways that I do stuff that's very different than whatever they've done. You know, I've seen somebody that goes, oh, I'm gonna make a whole dude. We don't make hollandaise sauce, right? Almost never. Um, but I've seen somebody that just stood, stood there with a bowl and a whisk, and I'm like you have 30 million other things and I have a thermal mix, <laughs> you know, like put it in there, 70 degrees Celsius. It'll make it in four minutes. You know, it's not the saying like, I don't want to teach him how to make a Hollandaise, but goddamn, like well, I don't yeah, have, we, I don't have the time 10 minutes. And to teach. here's, yeah, here's an easy way to do it. Yeah. And, and, and here's a way that's like bulletproof. But and, that's the thing yeah. is somebody might not know. It, that's you know, they've fine. never been taught that. And that's totally fine. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know how many people know how to use a thermal mix around it's, this yeah. city, especially this city with cooks, right? They can tell me <laughs> they've been doing this for 15 years. And I'm like, do you know how to use a thermal mix? They're like, no. Do you know how to use a cryovac? No. Do you know how to use a freeze dryer? No. And I'm like, that doesn't mean they're bad people. They but just don't know how to use this thing. Haven't right? been shown. So that's what makes a difference between my kitchen and the other kitchens. It's like, I'm not using this stuff to be, you know, I'm not using technology and equipment and all this stuff to cheat anything. I'm using it to be more efficient. So I can have my guy or a girl or whoever else do that thing and we can talk about more important stuff. Well, here's 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 something that, that just popped up in my head is, yeah. is, you know, a lot of chefs that I've talked to on this show or just personally in life are, um, they're talking about not wanting to hire people with sure. experience. Yeah. You know, you want somebody that um, has the right mentality, the yeah. right drive. Yeah. And is a hard worker. Has nothing, totally. nothing to do with their skill level. Right. It's because you can teach them For sure. everything they need to know. All that shit that you've learned doesn't really apply in my restaurant, right? And so right. they're not wanting to hire older people with experience. Right. But at the same time, you're not getting a lot of the younger people wanting to come into this industry. And yeah. I think what you were just the, about the things that they don't know how to mm -hmm. use is I think if if you showed a lot of the younger generation or people coming in that are trying to get into this industry, a lot of the cool new technology that we have, that a lot of product, the stuff that we use to cook with sure. now, it's not just a knife, a whisk, mm -hmm. a spatula. You know, you work with uh, it, gastronomy com Combi stuff. ovens. Yeah, that are exactly. Detailed. And I don't yeah. think that anybody shows... I don't think when you try to show people careers of what they can do, I think that I think the outlook on what cooking is nowadays is still outdated. 
It is. It is. It's very much so. Um, but I, I look at people and go, well, then I think that we need to shape what people want to be. Is it a very creative person in this world of being a cook or a chef? Is it managing a group of people? Is it opening a restaurant that you can create it like a machine where everybody's in their own little space and place? Yeah. There's different channels where you can take this. You know, there's different channels of I just, I just want to make sure that I can pay my bills <laughs> and do my thing. And I, this other restaurant over here offers benefits and pays me a little bit less, but I have benefits because I have a kid or I have this. Yeah. Or I have, so everybody has their own end. Yeah, there's you know? not one way of doing it. Right. It, you know, it doesn't mean one way is right and one not way at is all. wrong. No, or, you know, or you can get a job at a hotel as a sous chef and make X amount of dollars more so than if you did, you know, one-off restaurant yeah. and you'll make half. Yeah. You know, so everybody wants different things. You know, I just, on my side, it's very different because there's a lot of people that I see getting taken advantage of. And that's the kind of thing where I think it's bullshit, um, you know, with stodging or with having people work around and dingling the carrot in front of their face. And well, that's, I, and that's, that's why Keith was super interested about this topic was, is how, how do we change the uh, perspective of other yeah. Industry leaders or people that own their own. I think it's, uh, yeah, I businesses. think, dude, I think it's good that a lot of the restaurants or a few, I wouldn't say a lot, but I, I think it's good that there's restaurants here in Washington that have been sued for yeah. underpaying or not paying or taking money from here and money from there, money from everywhere because it's transparent. It's black and white. You know, I, in our space in Ballard, we don't have tips at all. There's no service charge. There's no nothing. We did fucking math and then we did it. And that's it. And that, and you just the the price points that that pays for everything off off the top on the menu. What you see yeah, is what you and, get. And we have conversations with our staff like, hey, look, this is exactly where you're going to get paid, and there's no extra slow day, busy day, whatever. It's just the same. Now, do you get complaints about uh, pricing? Uh, we, we did initially when we opened up because we had to readjust some yeah. things. Um, uh, there were some things that were really small it was from the previous owner, uh, and the previous place. So we had to reconcept it and do it our way for a little bit. Um, but now where we're at, I would say three months in, into that space, we're fine. You know, I'm not looking at making the place a coffee shop. So the coffee prices, I dropped them to almost nothing. Yeah. Um, so my, my get in there is to invite people to come back for like dinner and stuff. It's a very yeah. different mindset. Well, that, I mean, that's interesting too, of how you took that and you're turning it into something else. Cause originally it was a coffee shop. It was, right? yeah. But it you're was. not focusing on I don't coffee. care about that. <laughs> look, and here's the reason why, because it's such a neighborhoody small place yeah. that if you look at average ticket per person that can come in on a daily basis, and I studied the, the numbers over 60 days, I would need to be doing three and a half times the amount of people coming into that space in order to be financially yeah. okay. That can't happen as a coffee shop because your average ticket per person was like 550 or $6. Yeah. We need to be somewhere between 16 to 20 in that space. The only way you're gonna do that is attachment beyond what just a piece of coffee is by going to lunch or dinner. Yeah. So you're looking at your average person per guest, and then I'm like, well, fuck that. My average dinner person is here, so I can do even half of the amount of guests and just focus on dinner and have people on a streaming in the morning, and we're fine. You guys, but you guys aren't open for daily service, right? We're open, yeah. We're open seven days a week. And but you're so, doing private so dining out of there. We too, do right? as well, yes. Yeah, so and and you, so those days you do private dining, are you still open to the public? No, zero percent. That's I just changed it like two weeks ago. That's yeah. That's so what I it, this that's was what a, I thought, dude. This is a whole like process yeah. for me to go. Okay, cool. So seven a.m. to 3 p.m. we do coffee and like to go kind of stuff yeah. you know fine Monday through Friday Saturday Sunday brunch dinners were closed every day yeah it's only by tickets okay the only reason I'm doing it only by tickets because I can flex 
labor. I can flex ingredients. I can flex our crazy fun ideas and go, wow, this event sold really well. It's 60 days out. People could go, that was the model for me that worked in Capitol Hill when I was doing it and getting out of two seats from my apartment a year and almost a half ago. So scaling it completely backwards the way I did it, this is why that works for me. And I was like, why am I sitting here open into walk-ins? We have all these people sitting here for dinner. We have all these things we're doing, all this prep, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, then two people come in one day, 12 people come in one day. Oh wow, 15 people come in a day. And then I'm like, wait, stop it. If we just did the ticketed things we always did that people were excited about and being different in who we are, I don't need to be something to everyone. I can just be a person to those people that want to come in and have that experience. And that's the end of the story. I mean, it's true. Yeah. And so I mean, one of the things I was curious about is you've come up with what seems like a fairly unique mm-hmm. way of running a restaurant and running a business and yeah. running definitely a different way. It's a different yeah. way. I think yeah. it's unique. And I think it's, it's not something I've necessarily seen before, you know, probably. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. so the question is, is, what is it that allows you to do that versus why some of these other places haven't been able to adjust or haven't felt the need to? I'm not afraid of getting my hands dirty. I When I started this off in my apartment, I was the dishwasher, front of house, back of house, <laughs> marketing, sales, everything, right? Then it expanded to, you know, Ingrid came on and she helped me with that whole other side. So cool. Yeah, Ingrid. There's, our, Hi, there's Ingrid. our base. Hi. Hi. So, so there's our base, right? From, from there, then everything else can kind of happen on a scale. You know, I don't have investors, so there's nobody at the end of the day. Well, that, I mean, that, but that's a good point, though. Right. A, a lot of people can't go that way. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You, you're fortunate. You were, you worked really hard. Yeah. Nobody gave you anything. No, 0%. And so you, you, you do have the opportunity to say, fuck all the rules. Yeah. Fuck the, the, the base model that people use yeah. and you blow it up and now yeah. you're doing your own, but I need to work, work for me, man. I, yeah. and, and honestly, like there's a lot of shit that we do that everybody wouldn't touch with a fucking hundred thousand foot pole, but I'm looking at that going like, that's what makes us different. You know, they go, Oh, you know, I have guests that have come in sometimes and be like, so we're the only two here. And I'm like, fucking right. And if you were in my apartment a year and a half ago, it would have been the same thing too. You know, we're doing experience here and I'm catering to you, but I don't have 10 extra people because I can look at my staffing for dinner now and go, Hey, do you want to make a couple extra hours? And for the morning people, do you want to make a work a couple extra hours tonight? You'll get paid this and whatever else. And they're like, yeah, that's awesome. Or if there's not enough people, cool. I don't have to have them. It's just me and Ingrid or whoever else, you know? And so there's a scalability to that where I can tell that to anyone. I can tell that to any of the restaurateurs here in the city. And they're like, you're fucking crazy. And I'm like, you're fucking right. I'm fucking crazy. But I don't have to answer to 10 X people who are investors in my company and all my shit or have somebody threaten to take me out. Because that's also happened too. You've seen all these other restaurateurs who just get booted from their own company yeah. or they have a board of people that go, you should shut the fuck up and yeah. take a seat back and we're going to run this business. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck them. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And so without like, without getting into specifics, though, yeah. would you say financially, is it working out as well or better or worse than you would have, would have thought. It it has its days, man. There, there's been six or seven times where I'm like, what am I doing? And I have to close this shit down and I can't do this and I can't whatever. But then there's been those times where I'm like, fuck, great. (laughs) Wow. Somebody did that. Somebody bought that. Somebody unlocked the extra, you know, place where they bought something cool. You know, I, I'm, I've got to a thing where I wanted to sell myself short in Ballard. And we, I was just talking about this with Ingrid and she was like, why are you doing this for so cheap like people are fucking willing to pay x amount of dollars to go hang out with you i'm doing this trip in puerto rico yeah and i priced it out and it fucking sold out in less than a week 
to just go hang out with us in Puerto Rico and I'm going to cook and do all this fun <laughs> stuff. We're going to seven days, you know, seven days of, of that. And she's like, don't, she's like, look at how Encinitas is selling and stop trying to sell shit at like $2 coffees. Yeah. Like, don't worry about the $2 coffees. Like worry about that other stuff. That takes a lot though to put yourself it out there. It scares the shit yeah, out of me, you dude. Know? It, it freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, or, or talking to somebody going like, I, it's hard for me to say, this is how much that costs to a guest. Uh, yeah, I have it's, that it's, issue it's super hard. But then I'm like, you know what? The cool thing about the auto site, the ticketing system on, on the one that I have with just, just right now, just with Encinitas, yeah. I don't have to say anything. Like they're doing the whole process themselves and they're putting their credit card information and yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. and they're buying it. And then they're reaching out going, can you do this for like 12 people? And I'm like, fucking well, right. Yeah, I can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do whatever the fuck you need me to do. Right. And so then on that level, I'm like, well, cool. I'm establishing these prices. And they're buying at those prices. So then I can just, I don't have to say anything now. It's automated. It's fucking phenomenal. So it's this, it, it's acquiring guests over amount of time. Well, it's I mean, a getting people excited about stuff. And then on top of that, it's executing at the same level for a $2 coffee as we do a extra amount of $100 per person dinners. Well, I mean, the thing about it is, is what it sounds like is, you know, you're, you're somebody's acquiring art, mm-hmm. right? And yep. it's, it's only the amount that somebody will pay for it. For sure. Is how much it actually I'm not talking costs. about it. I yeah. so I had a conversation with Bob Kramer about this, you know, legendary, world class, amazing, one of the best knife, if not the best, in my opinion, the best knife maker in yeah. the world. Right? He was selling his stuff on uh, his website forever, and this is prior to having the auction and whatever else. And he was selling everything for two hundred dollars an inch, or no, it was two hundred. Yeah, it was two hundred dollars an inch, and that's how much. And that was nothing. That was fucking nothing. And people were getting on a wait list and whatever else. Finally, he got to this thing where he's like, I, I can't keep up with this, you know, people asking me or whatever. So he's like, I'm just going to put a knife on auction. Dude, that changed everything for him. It changed the entire way he did business because now he had people bidding 20, 60, a hundred thousand dollars for knives. And he's just like, I didn't even set this market. If I would have set my price for my knives, I would have been in a different place. So I'm like, I'm not Bob Kramer. I'm not Basquiat or none of these people. I'm yeah. nothing like that. But I have guests. I have people that are like, you are though. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. fuck, I guess. Yeah. And cool. It's, it's Let me be eccentric and weird. Already air. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's cool because then they're buying in and they're just like, I'm, I'm letting them buy it. But you, I mean, it, you have the, the character and the personality, but you also have the food to back it up. Sure. And some of your concepts, you know, are, I mean, just the whole way you run your business yeah. is a, a different way. And, and that's kind of what I was interested in is, is, is this something, did you pick this up from anybody? Did somebody give you this, no. this work ethic 0%. to say, go out there and no. fuck everybody else? I've been or? like this since forever, man. I've, I've been like this since I was a little kid. Yeah. I've always been like this. And the things that always got in my way, the speed bumps on my freeway were other people telling me, I don't know if you're ready yet. I don't know if you're this. And even when I was a little kid. You know, oh, you're you're pretty smart, but you know you're like f- five or six. You know, and it's like I remember having these conversations with people. You pick up things really quickly, or you need to go here, you need to do this, and I'm just like, at what point do I finally feel like those people will accept me, or I just not even give a fuck and push them out of my way and go, I don't care, and I'm not coming back to find out what your review or opinion is. That's like torched. You know, you talk about like Score burning start, bridges, yeah. right? You talk about burning. I have an island with like 350 bridges that are just don't. They're in shambles. Oh my god, it's great. But then I have another island where they're all great. Super highway, you know, like well, <laughs> autobahn the, shit. You know, one of the things that impressed me most about some of the stuff you were talking about the first time you came on, yeah, was you had talked about there were chefs in Seattle who 
had not given you a shot. And then when you totally. left and came back, you're like, fuck them. I'm not going back to them. And I appreciated that because I think there's way too many people, especially when it comes to, you know, artistic endeavors, which I really yeah. do consider food to be, that crave that attention so much that when they do get a taste of it, they, they can lose who they are and what they are. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a really good example of not going back to chefs who have done stupid stuff along my career that I just don't care about anymore. Um, you know, I, I was talking with uh, a friend of mine and I was like, man, it'd be really cool. I really fucking more than anything. It's just a dumb thing. Cause as a little kid, I'm a big baseball fan and going and being able to do my Puerto Rican pork thing at Safeco field. Yeah. It makes so much goddamn sense. It's stupid if it's not there because Edgar Martinez is Puerto Rican. He's my favorite baseball player. They have, you know, his cantina out there and I'm like, but that's Mexican cantina. He's Puerto Rican. It doesn't even fucking make sense. Yeah. And it's kind of racist. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, Hey, I want to do this shit. I want to put Puerto Rican food. I want people to understand there's, there's so many Hispanic baseball players, but other than Mexican food, what else is represented? Yeah. Fucking nothing. So I, you know, I go and they're like, well, you have to talk to Ethan Stoll. And I was like, well, that's not fucking happening. So then I'm like, or CenturyLink, right? And I'm looking into that and I have a guest who goes, hey, you should go into CenturyLink. And I'm like, okay, cool. I get an email back and they're like, you need to talk to Huxley Wallace. And I was like, that's not fucking <laughs> happening either. So I said, fuck, fuck all that oh, shit. shit. I said, fuck it. I said, absolutely fuck it. Do you know what my next move is right now? Trying to find out a fucking food stall for next year and I'll fucking do it right outside. And I'll yeah. do better food yeah. than any of them can do just to be that fucking way. Because honestly, my whole vision for that thing is Puerto Rican food needs to be represented on a level in front of more people. We do really good Puerto Rican food. It's something that I've been doing for 36 yeah. fucking years. And I'll stick them. And I don't need to talk or wait for anybody's like... Come inside, Eric. I control this food for Beating, down, Fuck the, that beating shit. down the door from Fuck the outside. You know, it's you know, especially from you know the, the Huxley Wallace thing. It's like an, oh. another example of somebody who doesn't like, pay anybody yeah, or that. says I admit, but I don't admit. But then whatever, I get twenty thousand chances, and it's just like I don't get those fucking He's types been of chances. Awful, awfully quiet. Lately. Yeah, he's awfully yes, quiet because has. if he opens his fucking mouth one more time, you know what's going to happen? He's going to be back in the fucking courts, yeah. or somebody else is going to cover up some more shit. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's bullshit. It's bullshit because it's bullshit that uh, somebody who's going. This is the person that curates this experience for the thing you have to go through them i don't want to do that anymore no I, i'm too fucking old for that it's 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 kind of what i think it's unfair because it's a monopoly it is dude uh, i think it's very unfair to the people of seattle and it's not just me that no. needs like an opportunity like that to get in into century link there's yeah. a plenty of other foods yeah. that aren't being represented exactly. around here like filipino food vietnamese food korean food chinese food there's so many different well, ideas and things that are out there that are being just like not pushed through because what the white guy chef is the one that controls the shit we've covered i mean we've covered we've covered the stadiums before on the show before and you, we get so excited when like something new or different is, yeah. is put in the stadium and it's like oh, yeah what why haven't they done this a well, long they, time ago but it's like it shouldn't be like that you shouldn't get so excited it, because it they be. just add something a little because, bit diverse yeah they go oh we added din tai fung and yeah. i'm like good job of cool. having the chain come in yeah, yeah that's not from is, fucking seattle yeah. and representing that how who's good does that do they're not going to put anything in there that is too far off of a, like a mainstream flavor profile. They're not going to put anything out there that is going to challenge anybody that goes there. I disagree because Safeco Field, when they opened, they did fucking sushi. 
this and everybody Seattle, was like, though. I understand that, but they did sushi. They did all these different types of cuisine, and they were talking about how they wanted to be a different food experience around. And it's like, well, at what point did that stop? Well, I guess when you bring other people in that control that. I'm saying because I'm a little salty about it because, <laughs> I, and I'm, I'll be frank, I'll be, I'm fucking salty about it, you know, and because I, I want to be there, and I'm, I've been a lifelong Mariners fan, you know, I've been a lifelong Seahawks fan, and it's like, ah, oh, man, it would be good, and it's, it's not even just good for me. It'd be good for other people to just see it, just for one season. I wonder. I mean, I'm I'm just curious as to if if they'd really. I mean, you emailed you 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 can't get in there unless you talk to Huxley Wallace exactly or Ethan. Stoll. Yeah, and that's fine. If that's if that's the thing where they're the ones that are curating it, then totally fine. But I'm not going to beg or borrow or steal to get my way in there because of that. I appreciate that. I'm just I'm not because I might I I appreciate that because I I would be you know I'd love to I'd love to see that food in there and if I had the opportunity to get my food in there and that's what I had to do was, and that's fine. Is talk to them. That's totally fine. You if know? that's if that's the barrier, then that's fine. Yeah, I'll go find something. Else. I still think the idea of besieging them from the outside. So do I. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Shooting flaming, like, oh, uh, flaming yeah. arrows. Yeah. We'll, dude, we'll bring you a DJ. That's, we'll, we'll bring down the But that's what I'm saying. That's the way it should yeah. be, though, right? If you can't get in, fuck it. Yeah. No, no. It's beautiful. And we will help support that any way we can. I appreciate it. Live podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, coming to here. From- <laughs> yeah, right. All right. Let's change gears for a second. Um, you recently just did the Smart Kitchen Summit. Yep. Correct. Yep. And tell us about tell us about that. You did two seminars. What was I it? did one and then a startup talk the next day, which was completely yeah. different. Yeah, they reached out and, and, and it was it was pretty cool. It was, I, it was something that I've been seeing for years pop up here. Have you ever listened to that podcast before? I have. That's pretty cool. It's, shit. it's good. And it's organized really well it was you know Buena Royal Hall and all this really cool stuff it's like that's yeah. pretty important yeah. it sounds pretty rad um, so they asked and wanted to get my thoughts on you know future kitchen and what that would look like in you know 2030 and all this stuff I just think that there's a separation. The, the thing that I realized talking with the people that were doing things, there's a big separation between somebody who knows what tech is and how to build it, then knows what restaurants are and how to service them. <laughs> I mean, that, that'd be like having a cook that goes into tech. Totally. You know, and, or a tech guy goes into cooking. Right. And and I can understand, you know, there was people on the panel with me. One guy runs a restaurant. The other guy had worked in restaurants and everybody had that thing of, you know, you know, shit, I can work in restaurants too, you know, whatever there was a common thing there but I think a lot of the problems that people were trying to address weren't widely known problems yeah. you know when somebody uh, I'll give you an example the 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 guy that we were with uh, that was on our panel he, he basically made a machine that like can deliver water because at his restaurant he he said that you know that's such a menial the task di- that the dilly I don't know is the, is the something dilly like the, I don't yeah. yeah something like that and, and he basically said you know here's the thing that this is really good because I don't want my necessary paid labor to just be delivering water. And I was like, well, I don't know if anybody ever said I want to spend X amount of dollars to cover that problem. And it, it, it as far as technology is concerned, may, maybe if you're looking at in 2030, you know, I look at those robots from like Boston Diamond, but dynamics that can like run wow. around and fucking they're doing parkour, fucking crazy man. shit. Parkour. Right? And I'm like, well, that's the kind of fucking robot that I yeah, would want. Right. And that's now. So think about 2030, you have one that can do parkour, one that can just deliver water. Which one am I going to take? And how much is that going to cost me? Well, the one that can do parkour is going to probably be, you know, $50 million. And I'm like, <laughs> Hey, guess what? You're cooking too, chef. <laughs> Get yeah, in the back. Yeah, right? right. You know, but it's a robot that can do everything. So it's uh, for me, it was very much there was there it felt like a really big disconnect it's people who that want to sell the app people that want to sell the thing and i'm like you're missing it 
you know, you're, you're missing why people like cooking or why people want to cook. And there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been solved yet. And they're like, but what is it for you, Eric? I'm like, I'm fine because I know how to cook and I know how to teach other people to cook. You know, I even have guests that yesterday were like, we don't even really like to cook, but if you were to cook us some food for the week, how could that work? So it's like meal delivery type thing. But it's people just coming to me going like, I like the food that you make and I'm willing to pay for it could you make us three or four things a week that we can just come here? And I'm like, if you get six more people, I'll do it. We'll beta test it for two weeks. See how much of a pain in the ass or how much of a good thing this is. And then we'll establish a price. And they're like, really? And I'm is like, this, yeah. Is this meal delivery or is this coming to the restaurant? They would come to the restaurant, pick eat. it up and have like three meals already, you know, prepped just up red. and what, and I can be like microwave that do this and that. And, and, Okay, so everybody does that. The Blue Aprons, yeah, whoever so what's else. Your thought, what's your thought on those on it, those companies? That's fine. There's there's people that do it. There's people that have it shipped. What I'm doing that's very different, it's just for me. Yeah. It's it's my touch on it. Yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. me going with standardized X amount of recipe for my fucking Caesar salad that's bullshit. You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm going like, here's the food that I would make if it was my Wednesday night. Yeah. I'm putting more of an emotional attachment into yeah. it and going like, if I was home and Ingrid was hungry, you know, here's what I would make on a Wednesday night. You get Is burritos. This, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, here's what I think I would do or, you know, gauging into them. You know, the guest has a couple of dietary restrictions and she's like, I just you do a really good job of making that happen. I don't have a, another channel for that. I don't have other people that can do that for me. So if you did it, what would it look like? And I'm like, well, it'll look like this, you know. So it's just I don't know, man, it, that's. That's the kind of like personal thing. In the future, if you could clone yourself, I think that. I mean, that that'd would be. Re- that'd yeah, really but help. it'd probably be you know one that's a lot better, and I'd have to take them out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, so what what do you think cooking in the future looks like? Um, I I would I can already see it now in my my restaurant kitchen becomes more home kitchen. Yeah. So I I lucked into the space we have in Ballard has a really cool combi oven. Yeah. And it's eliminated about five different equipment things that yeah. I had before. So I don't sous vide anymore. Uh, I don't. I don't have to. The fucking thing controls the but steam. Do you, but whatever. do you sous vide at home? No. 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 I mean, it's stupid. No. That's no. stupid. I mean, not for I, me. Not so, for me, man. It, it works for me because I don't got a fucking wants thing. I put a steak or yeah, a piece yeah, of yeah. salmon in the sous vide and I just set it but, there and then I can go do shit and well, I come back. It's different. So I have a restaurant. Yeah. So sure. I can... I don't have to do that at home. Yeah. Right. If I'm leaving and I'm like, yeah. oh, that's going to go bad or whatever. By yeah. the time we're off for the Monday, Tuesday, I'll just take it home with me. Yeah. yeah Different yeah. problem. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, even on that level, like I can't, I can make it in a pan six, 10 minutes, Yeah, you know, and not wait 45 or yeah. whatever. I don't plan my, my days off the, that well. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, you don't, you don't really have the time either. Yeah. I just don't think about it that yeah. way. I'm like on Monday. Uh, so this is a different problem between myself and like an at home person. They might want to plan out their week because they're there all the time. I'm never home. Yeah. You know, so it's a very different. Your problem. kitchen is your home. Yeah. That, yeah. That so works. that's, you know, pseudo planned out. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you battled against the robot sure. and uh, there was no winner or loser. <laughs> no, right? not really. It's I just think, you know, I, I saved X amount of dollars by not buying a robot that served me water. <laughs> you know, if I would have gotten excited about it, sure. Then that's a different thing I have to talk about. Like, Hey, I bought this water serving robot, but, but I didn't, but let's it. say in ten, let's say in 10 years, let's yeah. say it is fiscally responsible of yes. your company to go ahead and hire robots. I would say Still no, because the only thing that I brought up is I want it to assist me physically. Yeah. 
there are so many tasks on a daily basis that happen in a kitchen that I don't want anyone to, I don't want to pay anyone to do checking in produce, putting away produce, taking stuff to the trash, <laughs> you know, all these fava kind of, beans. Fava, yeah, well, you know, again, that's kind of a thing where I, I still have this attachment to because they, it's something they brought up. They're like, you know, I want to have, you know, certain things come in and cut themselves and carrots and whatever. I was like, well, you can do that at Cisco. Yeah. You could literally go down the Cisco catalog and have carrots cut to quarter inch, eighth inch, brunoise, whatever, automatically. And I'm like, but the quality of them is shit. Yeah. And fuck that. You know, so there's a scalability towards the things I'm doing. I'm not a 300 person a night restaurant. So I can have, I can still live in my little world where everything's magical and Disneyland. It's great. Right. Uh, take this carrot and look after it. You know, I, I'm still doing that shit because I, I don't want to live up to doing the two to 300 cover nights. Ever. I don't want to do that. I'd rather price appropriately to not do that because I feel like things get lost when I do that. So you feel like you lose, lose part of the personality and, and the, the emotion that goes into the Absolutely. Cooking? Then I'm, confi I'm competing with Cheesecake Factory at that point. Yeah, and, that, and that, that, is, that is actually my issue with a lot of chefs in Seattle. I can't speak for Los Sorry. Angeles or New York or anything like that, but that is my issue is that a lot of times you want to go to a restaurant uh, because of the chef that's there, but right. you're not really getting the chef that's there. You're not. You're not. Uh, they have t 7, 10, 12 restaurants. Yeah. You know, they have all these kinds of things. And look, that's not the end of the world. I mean, I have a concept the lechoncito thing that I'm working on I'd hopefully to bring that to market one of these fucking days when I can get my shit sorted um, that would be great but I can't imagine that I'm going to be at X amount of locations of no. lechoncito cooking Puerto Rican food yeah. that stuff doesn't need me to do that you know the auto stuff if it's the 20 course tasting menu my ass is there and you better bet that you're going to see me there and I'm not just going to sub you out on <laughs> that type of yeah I mean but there's, there's a different entry point you know there's a different all of that kind of stuff. I want, I would say in my head, like lechoncitos for the people because it sounds cool. <laughs> you know, so I want more people to eat like Puerto Rican food and I want them to have it. I want them to experience it and not just, again, you know, here in Seattle, we have one Puerto Rican restaurant. That's a problem for me. Yeah. But, you know, if I have two or three of those things, I don't know if anybody's going to see me at one of them all the time. Yeah, but it, but at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're still bringing the, that, that right. kind of food to the right. people. Right. It's, it's your concept. It's right. from your, you know, but at a higher price point, I want them to understand that I'm the guy. Yeah. I'm touching that. You know, I'm on. I'm all over it. Yeah, but I feel like you're depriving the people of maybe good Puerto Rican food. Well, maybe. I, I would say that what we do, even on a level when it's not me cooking it, I have people in place at my restaurant that yeah. cook it really, really well. So um, how far can you scale that quality control? Um, there's only so much that I want it to do. I would say in the greater Seattle area, I would want one or two of them. And then I would get to get to a point where I can take it down the West Coast over, you know, that's my like 10 year plan. And that would be cool. That's fine. I would say that seeing scalability done right, you know, you get a dentai fung level. You know, the dumplings there are pretty damn good. And you're talking about a, a company that's halfway across the water, you know, or across the water. Right. Um, and so then it's very different. This It works. I like it. You know, we went the other night and we've gone tons of times and they do a really good job at nailing their stuff. Again, does it need to be for all the people? Is Lechoncito for all the people? Possibly. No, probably, possibly. I don't know, man. I don't dentai know. Fung, I mean, I'm more of a dozone kind of I'm guy. I'm very dozone. <laughs> I'm, I'm very pro Dozone. But I, Brothers, I live, Kirkland. I love I live like three blocks away from uh Dentai Fung downtown. So where do you live at? Where are you at? Just next to the convention center. Okay. Yeah, so we can walk there and that's pretty cool too. Right? So it's it's very just different. Don't like the weight. No, uh, no, you know, if uh, here's the trick. Give us a little secret. Uh little sit tip. at the bar. Oh. 
Oh. Ask to sit in the bar and you don't thought, have to wait. Never, never wait. That. You just go, hey, can I sit in the bar? They're like, yeah, put your name on. And it's like two to four people. Easy. Ingrid's no over here shaking her head. You've managed to blow the seat It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. No, but a lot of people bring like families and stuff. So, I mean, we don't have kids or families. No, I'm just kidding. But we, <laughs> so it's easier to get in. Okay, last thing I wanted to touch on before we ended the show was um, you are about to launch a pantry. Yeah. And uh, how long you've been thinking about this? Why are you doing this? And uh, what what pros and cons do you see? So, um, contradicting all the other things that I just said about scaling out, <laughs> um, <laughs> this is now a thing that I've been wanting to do for a while uh, because there are things that we're doing that are very unique to us that I'd like to share with other people. Uh, fermentation projects, so making kojis with beans and rice and all these kinds of things and starters and whatever, you name it. Um, sauces and stocks and mm. soups. I'm and getting hungry just looking at all this kind of stuff. Of stuff. Uh, spices and seasonings that are very unique to what we do. So the Puerto Rican seasonings, the ones that I make, you know, on a scaled out level that are exactly the same every time. Um, this is the reason why I want to do a pantry, because as a chef looking at things and understanding how fermentation projects work, there's not a lot of restaurants that can pull them off. They don't have the time. They don't have the equipment. They don't have any of that stuff. So if I can sell someone a dried koji that takes three days to produce, not within their own kitchen, and they can buy it for a 400-gram container, and they can have it and use it, great. See how he put that in grams, people? Yeah. I like that. Uh, if they can then buy it, uh, a creamy koji and a specified set of milliliters, uh, then great. <laughs> uh, then that's cool too. Um, so then on my side, then I could work with my guests and kind of dial in a little bit more. We can have some, you know, it's not like this is stuff that nobody's ever done before because it is. No, no, um, it's not. It's not that. It's not that other people haven't done it before. It's just that not not a lot of restaurants do this. Right. So on my yeah. level, then other restaurants can buy yeah. too. You yeah, know, if somebody that, says, oh, "Hey, man, was... if I want a, a kilogram package of, you know, red bean koji, yeah, no problem. Yeah. I want red bean paste that you guys make. Hey, do you have a good starter for whatever? Hey, do you have a really funky kimchi that you'd like to share with us? So we can fold it in with the rest of our stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Here it is. Okay. Now this so, is gonna. Go ahead. I was gonna say, so how much of the stuff that you're producing in the pantry is stuff that you saw a hole in the market for, and how much of the I haven't stuff, seen any of it. it okay, so because the follow up to that was, how much of it is just stuff that you think you can just do better than anybody else? I, I haven't seen any of it. It's not about it's not about really doing it better. To be honest, I I know that we kind of roll on a little higher standard than most, and that's fine. But it's not going like oh we, we're making better koji than anyone because that's not true. Um, you know, we're, we're very experiment, experimental about our stuff. You know, when I do Puerto Rican black beans and I'm like, I have like so many more cause I still cook like a Puerto Rican at heart where I cook for way too many people in my <laughs> mind. Right. Uh, then I go, what am I going to do with this? Am I going to throw this away or am I going to make it into something? What's the next stage of this? So we've figured out a process to make that into Koji. That's very unique. And then it allows me to have different flavors and things. And it's very developed. And, you know, granted, you talked about a bunch of different stuff there and some of it is coming from different cuisines. Sure. How do you how do you feel marketing that is going to work as far as, you know, with, with, with a lot of your projects, there's a definite focus, there's a yeah. definite kind of identity to it. And so when you're doing a pantry, 
I mean, are you thinking about the identity of it or are you just thinking, hey, I've got this shit I need to make? Yeah, I, I, it's a little bit of both. Um, I, it's a very small market. It's a very small group of people. I don't that know are if it's going to be a small market. I think because of it that if, way. You're t- if you're talking about selling to <laughs> other restaurants yeah. and, um, you know, this catches wind to some people. It's like, hey, motherfuckers can't make it the same in house every time. So we'll just go to you. I think this is my problem then. This is a, this is a me personal problem. This is one that Ingrid says, just put the shit out there and, yeah. you know, you know, have them buy it. And I'm yeah. like, okay, okay, okay. I'll put it out there and I won't think about it too And that's much. the thing. If you market it to a uh, business instead of like residential to, to right. personal, you know, right. you might have your hands full. So I've, I've seen companies, you know, wanting to work with communities of people and then they kind of went a yeah. different route and then it kind of betrayed that community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm very much like now where I'm like, I know people are getting excited about fermentation and I've been doing it for so long and I've been like, never found where to actually put it. So now I'm just like, you know, I'll put a 250 gram thing of in a container <laughs> and somebody, and who knows, you know, I've, I've had chefs reach out and people reach out and fine. They're excited about it, but who knows if those people actually buy. So that's my hesitation. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing, it's fermented stuff. So it lasts forever. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's just a matter of that. And, and it, I always thought for this is more of a, a, a me growing up as a cook type thing, you know, into, into the business, not growing up as one, but like growing into the business going like, fuck man, it'd be super rad if I could just buy it to try it. Yeah. Koji. Yeah. If I could buy it to see what it does to my food. If I'm just making dinner at home and I can throw in some whatever, holy shit, this is great. You know, without having to then go, no, this is a three-day process, and I didn't do it right. I fucked it up. Well, with a lot of those things, too, what happened when I was in, when I was at restaurants, and I'm trying to do, uh, like, uh, dish development yeah. or whatever, and it's like a lot of this stuff takes time. Yeah. And you got to see how it turns out to what's going to add or take away from the dish. Dude. And then I feel like, and then your chef's looking at you like, you wasted all this fucking time. Yeah. And it's like, it'd be really nice. Demi-gloss. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Demi-gloss. Exactly. It's it's the most oldest, like, 8,000-year-old process of just doing put, some put that shit. that like, a shake for me. Yeah, and you're just like, fucking demi-gloss is amazing, and I love yeah. it, and it tastes great. But then somebody left the burner on too hot, and it <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> You know, and now 30 I'm hours in. For the day. Yeah, and we're screwed and we're we're short on and then hey, we're going Jesus, can you scrub this band for me? Yeah, sir? and then we're, you know, talking about Jews <laughs> and all this other stuff. And I'm yeah. like, but that's even a longer process. Yeah. And then we're talking about fortified stuff. Exactly. And then you're like, but, but you, you realize you're two it, weeks in, yeah, right? I know. And so then that's I, I think that's the new frontier of coming from chicken stocks to now the fermented stuff yeah. to now what's the next thing it's you know going deeper into the fermented stuff and going like we have kojis we have this we have that i have bacteria i have green molds i have white molds i you know essentially i'm just like this convenience store like an AM, <laughs> a really fucked up am what you need <laughs> it's like i got you homie come out back here you know do you see the pantry stuff being kind of seasonal uh very much so so i'm going to be doing uh, seasonal stocks and sauces uh and these will be like sauces that i do on my tasting menus so they're they're like fucking crazy. Yeah, they're like insane sauces where people go, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, don't worry about it. It's a sauce. <laughs> Trust um, me. But they're so... You can buy it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and but they're so like one-off and they're so like developed. Well, that's what, so that's what, when I first saw this, when I had, you know, yeah. I, I, that's, that's originally what I thought mm-hmm. was I thought that people had made enough requests they for have. this or stuff. And they this have. Like, you know what, fuck it. I yeah. get asked so many times and I was curious as to why other restaurants maybe that are so famous for certain things, maybe a barbecue sauce and sure. a, a tomato sauce sure. or something like that, why they don't sell it? I think, like, you know, why, why, I why, think you why not? It, you see it on a certain level. You see like, you know, the rub with love and you see some some other stuff here locally um i think uh, that goes in a very minimal 
kind of ball yeah. field. You know, this this stuff is the really like the next. The I feel odd. like it's the next level. It's the odd little weird world, yeah. um, and it's stable. So I'll ship across anywhere. But this is what, this is the kind of stuff that people are really, really, really getting into. This is yeah. not not your mediocre, your like your occasional cook. You know, this is something that's that's start. You know, it's really opening up their mind yeah. to some different possibilities. I mean, Chef Steph's just launched a thing for their jewel. It's like jewel ready or something I like just, that. And I it's, just saw it, it's yeah. the sauces and things like that. Yeah. That's all. That's great. I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if it is the same thing or not. I just, I just go like, here's some stuff that I see on a daily basis that normal people don't. Yeah. I wonder if people would be excited about this too. Um, are you going to have classes for teaching people how to, yeah, do, do we, you have classes? We teaching? do. We do. We do classes on Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, obviously like everything else by ticket only, uh, <laughs> but, um, it's cool because they can come out and, you know, fish butchery, fermentation, you know, fermentation, different styles. You know, we have a guy, Aaron, that fermentation he does, us. yeah, he does special projects for us and he's teaching like, you know, bagel fermentation and, you know, bread fermentation and all Ooh. this kind of stuff. I geek out on my level and I go, Hey, here's different types some molds this one's good this one's bad that one will kill you you know and, and that's fun because then people go holy shit like this is pretty rad or you know combined fermentation technique where you can take something in a bubbler then take it into something else or splice it together with two projects and go here's a kombucha that acts as a kombucha that's acting as this thing now that's started with this and started with that uh, so you then you're change it oh my god cross. it's fucking great you know uh and so problem is hippies can't afford uh to take those classes. I, I don't, I mean, 65 <laughs> bucks for two hours is, I'm cheaper. Like, so I, I've looked at myself. 65 hours, two hours? Yeah. Cut that so in my, half, man. Dude, one hour. I know, but my, my, my cooking classes that I do, they're like cheaper than other places. And I'm like, I just do it because I like hanging out and talking I've, to I've people. Had, I've had some people pay exorbitant amounts for cooking classes and the cooking <laughs> classes were garbage. Damn it. Maybe I should charge more. Yeah. This is you my problem. We should. talked about this. Well, <laughs> was, uh, yeah. My old, one of my old chefs, uh, his girlfriend, did a lot of like yeah. hoity-toity, like go sure. to rich people on the east side and teach them how to cook. And she was just walking back with like a wad of cash. Yeah, I don't for know, like man. Two hours of like you know teaching what? drunk housewives to fucking. Can I can I tell you? Uh, here's uh, my experience with that. So I had people reaching out to me telling me they wanted to hire me to do cooking classes, but then it was their themes. Oh yeah. So it was like one that was like, "Come make meal fui for like twelve people," and I'm like, "I don't. That sounds terrible. That's, that's, I, don't, I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to make would, meal fui I, I for twelve I people. I don't want to. Or can you, Eric? Can you teach a macaron class? I can't. I know a phenomenal, phenomenal pastry chef, uh, Parasite Side. Uh, it's uh, Marielle Fucher. She's shout out, she's shout out. amazing. She's amazing. She makes the best macarons I've ever had, and she lives in Bellevue, and she does the best things. So I'm like, anytime somebody asks me, I'm like, talk to her. Yeah, but I mean, but that's the difference between you and some other people. You know, you're not up for just a cash grab. You're going to be honest with people. I want to make it cool. Them. I want to make it fun, man. That's why we like him. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'll be back next week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, we, we'll, we'll come down. We'll come down there. We like dope people who are doing dope stuff, and we'll support that every step of the yeah, way. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, that's going to bring us to the end cool. of episode 114. So uh, let's do uh, Eric. Tell the people where they can find you at, where they can buy tickets, sure. where your locations are at. You just got to have so much shit going on cool. when you're launching. It's a lot. Whole list. Yeah. Uh, so everything kind of starts at ericriveracooks.com. Uh, and then we have Auto auto Incubator in Ballard. Uh, we do pop-ups off-site, on-site, dinners, uh, pretty much everything. And there's more than 40 experiences right now going on in Ballard. Let me step in here for a second. Yeah. I think you brought up a really good thing. Mm-hmm. If you guys are if you guys are listening in Seattle, I know a bunch of you do listen in Seattle. Uh, I think Eric brought up a very good point. 
don't have the ego and if you want to learn something, maybe your chef, fucking a lot of chefs won't admit they don't know something. Yeah. Uh, so if you want to learn something and your chef's not getting around uh, to teaching you something, go take one of his classes. Yeah. Um, they're not that expensive. It's a cool thing. He probably, he's pretty cool. He'd probably trade uh, some classes I'll, for maybe coming in and doing some prep too. I'll say so. this. If somebody wants to come in industry-wise and they want to come in and take class, I'll do 50% discount for industry. You heard it. Enter, enter the code. Girl, how long is it, mister? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. I mean, at the end of the day, it's about getting people in front and, and doing hey. that. But yeah, we do, you know, cooking classes, tours, everything. Uh, really, at the end of the day, it's it's this is the answer for me to having people stop ideas and going, now we can do them for ourselves. Yeah. yeah. It's great. It's growth in the industry. It's fun. I appreciate it. Super fun. Um, if you guys want to check out some other podcasts on the soundcastingnetwork.com, uh, I would like to recommend, since we were talking about the future here today and all that stuff, what, Augmented Cities? The Augmented City Project, yes. Yeah. Beautiful, high-tech future of living in cities mobility and actually uh maybe we'll have you on to talk about the future of food let's do it yeah john gantz an interesting guy got yeah that's super stuff. um if you guys want to check me out uh i'm at bobby stills on instagram um our twitters is at how long steak mister instagram is grow how long steak mister along with uh facebook all right guys until next week cool <laughs> <laughs> grill how long steak mister five minutes out Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs>